Welcome to the Impactful PBL Podcast. I'm Candice, your host, a project-based learning coach and leader of the Impactful PBL Network. And you can find me at impactfulpbl.com. I'm on a mission to do good work with good people for good reasons, and I hope you are too. If you are a current or aspiring project-based educator looking for strategies and ideas to craft memorable learning experiences that empower your students to tackle challenges in their school and community through project-based learning, then you're in the right place. Join me as I share resources and tips to help you launch a PBL initiative in your classroom. Welcome to the Impact Makers community and let's talk PBL. Hey, Impact Makers. This week, I want to talk about the one part of project-based learning that most teachers either dread or don't want to spend the time doing, but it's absolutely necessary. You see, when I was an academic coach at a middle school, I spent part of my day working with students in small groups, part of my time assisting the testing administrator, part of my time supporting teachers, and also serving as the after-school coordinator for the school's tutoring program. Needless to say, it was a lot to manage. So being organized and spending time to create strong plans was essential. I remember having all of my small group lessons planned out at least a month in advance with reminders and resources loaded into Edmodo as well. And one time the principal mentioned that it must take me a lot of time to set everything up. And it did. When I transitioned back into an instructional coach role, I used a similar strategy to avoid overwhelm. I created a plan for the entire quarter. I knew which teacher's classrooms I would visit, and then I had a system for them to choose their dates and their automatic follow-up email that would remind them. I was using Calendly before it was popular. I had a backup plan in place if teachers had to cancel their debrief conversations, which often involved in a virtual follow-up conversation via Zoom, and that was before Zoom was popular. I had my schedule and logistics plan and ready to execute well in advance. One year, I even outlined an entire year of professional development series, including the session so that I can be prepared for the year. And of course, I had to add some sessions as I started working with teachers and I saw their needs, so I had to differentiate, but I wasn't starting from scratch. So here's my stance. Sometimes you have to spend time to save time. Once I had my systems in place, it was rinse and repeat and each setup time reduced greatly with experience. That's how I feel about planning a project-based learning unit. Yes, it takes time, but once you plan it, you will save so much time, you will minimize frustration and you will reduce overwhelm. I recently led a workshop with a set of highly motivated teachers interested in implementing project-based learning. And after viewing a sample PBL unit plan, I asked teachers to share their feedback or their thoughts about the planning process. And one teacher mentioned that this particular teacher must have spent an extensive amount of time planning this PBL unit and even suggested that she must have wrote it during the summer when she had a lot of time available. And there's no way this teacher could have written this during the school year. But in reality, the teacher wrote the plan during the school year and actually a quarter in advance. So for example, during quarter two, she wrote a unit for quarter three. That teacher shared how time intensive the planning process was. But then when I checked in on her as she was executing her unit, she shared how during the six weeks of the unit, she felt so relaxed because she had a clear picture of what was happening in her classroom every day, what students should do every day, what they should be learning every day. So it was worth spending the time in advance. Another teacher in the workshop shared how her project failed due to the lack of planning. And she attempted to write a project-based learning unit while executing the project-based learning unit. So basically she would think about, oh, what should students be working on tomorrow the day before? And let's just say by the end of our time together, we both agreed that that was not a good idea. It's like the saying goes, you can't build a plane while you're flying it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be on that plane. And you don't want to be involved in that type of PBL experience either. 
The teacher shared that in the middle of the unit, she and the students were unclear of the attended outcomes because the project goals were not defined. So as you can see, planning is an essential component of project-based learning. Sometimes teachers think they can shortcut the planning process by purchasing a project-based learning unit or some lessons for other teachers. But the challenge with that is that you still need to modify it and make it applicable to your students. So there's still a planning process. Another thing you wanna consider is that some components of the planning process don't necessarily have to be completed every single time. For example, if you are following the impactful PBL roadmap, the framework I created to guide teachers through the process of creating a PBL unit, some phases don't actually require you to start from scratch every single time. For example, you may utilize the same strategies to track students' progress, or you may utilize the same strategies to lead students through the reflection process, or you may use similar ways to assess students' progress, etc. So yes, your standards and your driving questions and your daily learning experiences may be different for each project, but some components can stay the same or may only need small tweaks. So don't get discouraged or begin to question whether project-based learning is possible for your classroom. After using a step-by-step planning method, you will feel more confident in your ability to plan and execute a quality PBL experience. I recently completed a training for a group of teachers where I modeled how to use the impactful PBL roadmap to plan a project-based learning unit. And I wanted to share a snippet of that training in this episode. So if you look at this roadmap here, it's a nine phase roadmap that I created. And if you notice the acronym going around, it spells impactful. We're going to start with identifying students' learning goals, mapping the scenario and students' driving question, planning student assessments, attracting students' attention, creating students' daily learning objectives, tracking students' progress, finalizing students' showcase agenda, uniting students and building a collaborative culture, and then leading students through the reflection process. So let's start with our first phase, which is identifying students' learning goals. So the project that I wanna walk you through today, this is our learning goals, our standard alignment for this particular project, basically around scale drawings, area perimeter, and proportional relationships. Now we're gonna map the scenario and students' driving question. The first thing you wanna think about is how do you choose a project topic? So the project that I'm walking you through today, the topic that I chose related to what was happening in their community. So let's remember our standards that we're aligning our project to. So this is our scenario. In September 2018, Hurricane Florence, volatile winds, flooding, and thunderstorms severely damaged homes in some of the North Carolina regions. In some instances, the entire home communities were destroyed and needed to be rebuilt. A new home builder would like to create a community of smaller homes between 800 to 1,000 square feet. Small homes are becoming popular for some families due to many factors such as lower costs, reduced ecological impact. So our driving question is, how can we use our math skills to help an architect design a floor plan and model for a new community? We can see immediately that there are a lot of ways that students can answer this question and a lot of solutions that they can provide and a lot of public products that they can create to answer this question. Students cannot easily ask Alexa or Google the question. Now, let's move to planning students' assessments. When we think about planning assessments, teachers should clearly communicate the criteria for success. You should balance individual and group assessments. You should encourage feedback from multiple sources and you should promote formative assessment. And it is important that we mix the type of assessments that we use and give students multiple opportunities to achieve success. So in our project that we're exploring, when we're thinking about planning a, a student's assessments, here's how we're gonna assess students. They're going to complete short exit tickets each week. 
The results of the exit tickets will be used to modify instruction. They will receive a rubric, which is explained project guidelines and learning expectations. This teacher will do two conferences, one as an individual meeting and then one as a group meeting to re- so that students can receive feedback on their progress. Students will receive feedback on their public product from an authentic audience, from teachers, from parents and peers. Students will also have a rubric. So now we're moving along the roadmap. We're using the same example. Now we want to think about how are we going to attract students' attention? Well, the goal is to create a sense of urgency and authenticity and most importantly, spark curiosity so that students are excited to create, solve problems and ask questions. So for our example project, we decided that a guest speaker will speak to the class about her role and responsibilities as an architect. She's going to share key factors to consider when designing new buildings. She's going to share some sample projects that she did in her real life job. She's going to show how she utilized scale drawings when designing buildings. And then students are going to have the opportunity to ask questions. And afterwards, they're going to watch a video showing how the hurricane caused damage to home communities so that they can learn more about what it takes to rebuild a home community. So when you're thinking about doing a PBL unit, it's important to brainstorm engaging ways to introduce the problem or challenge to students so that you can sustain their interest. Remember that our driving question was, how can we use our math skills to help an architect design a floor plan and model for a new community? So notice that this may look like a traditional unit plan where you have your weeks planned out and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, what you're going to do each day. Notice that if students can master the skills that they have on this unit plan, they should be able to come up with an answer to the driving question. I want to point out too, is notice that there is time in here for students to design their floor plan, their design their model home, to receive feedback, to prepare to showcase their public product. And in this example would be during their STEM night. And so these things are built into the unit. So therefore students are working towards this on a daily or weekly basis. So they're not being surprised at the end when it's time for them to present a public product. They are working towards this goal throughout the entire unit. The next thing we wanna think about is how do we track students' progress? So we are aiming to establish several milestones before the PBL unit launch, and then we want to share them with students. So this is not a surprise. So in this example, we're going to use Google Classroom as a digital project hub. Students will be able to find assignments, resources in Google Classroom, and we'll also take a tour to learn how to navigate the platform so that they can be able to find all of their digital resources. In addition to Google Classroom, the students will have interactive notebooks to store notes and station activities. Then we'll also have a project wall in the classroom, which will host essential project documents, guidelines, calendars, milestones, and a chart to track progress. Notice that the milestones are noted in this unit plan. So I have them circled here at different stages and they're pre-planned as you're creating your units. So this is not something that you're making up along the way. The next phase we want to explore is finalizing students showcase. I use the term showcase really general, but it basically means like how are students sharing what they learn? For our sample PBL unit, we decided that students will present their unique homes as a model community. And they're going to share what they learn about scale drawings to solve real world problems during our annual STEM family night. And we're going to invite parents, community members and local experts. And the audience will engage by asking questions and providing more ideas for students to explore. And then after the STEM family night, students are going to set up their model community in the media center where other middle school students that are not in their class can also see and share their thoughts. 
Notice how their work is going beyond the classroom and beyond the teacher. So then after you finalize students showcase agenda, you now want to think about how are you going to unite students and build a collaborative culture? It's essential to be intentional about building a culture of academic risk taking. So while this is one of the phases in planning the PBL unit, it's really just a reminder because this is something that I know teachers do all the time. And it's just more of making sure that your classroom culture is multifaceted and that it's essential to fostering an environment where project-based learning can thrive. Let's continue to explore phase eight. So in our project, students are going to engage in team building activities with their group. They're going to complete a survey to share their preferred work style so they can gain insight about their peers. We're going to continuously build a culture of academic risk-taking. During lessons, students are going to be encouraged to embrace challenges and take risks. They're going to receive verbal recognition when they attempt to answer and ask questions. Our daily learning experiences are going to allow them to learn and share through collaboration. And they're going to create PBL related growth goals. And they're going to monitor their progress weekly through reflection. And now we're on phase nine. We're going to lead students through the reflection process. For our project, here's what we chose to do for self-reflection. Students will complete weekly reflections to share their thoughts about the project, the content, their group dynamics, any challenges, successes. The reflection documents will incorporate social and emotional learning competencies because we know that is important for them to develop self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. And at the end of the PBL unit, students will reflect on their experience of overall success and challenges that they exhibited during the unit and then start to think about how they can overcome these challenges during the next PBL cycle. I hope that now hearing how to use the impactful PBL roadmap when planning a project-based learning unit can be helpful. It is essential that you have a strong planning process to set yourself and students up for success. If you're interested in exploring the impactful PBL roadmap as a planning method, don't forget to download the guide, check the show notes and grab a copy so that you can begin to plan your next PBL unit. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you find this podcast insightful, please leave a review and subscribe so you can get notified of future episodes.